you're listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 97. In this episode of the podcast, we welcome back Andrews and Wilson, who are the best-selling co-author team of four different covert ops and action-adventure thriller series, Tier One, Sons of War, The Shepherds, and Nick Foley. Their latest book is uh, Scars, which is a John Dempsey novella, and it's the first of their Tier One origin books, which will be telling the stories of, from their popular secondary characters uh, from their best-selling Tier One series. And you can get that now at thrillingreads.com forward slash scars. And we're we'll going to be talking to uh, Brian and Jeff about their busy writing and publishing schedule, writing during these crazy times that we're living right now, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for my interview with uh, Jeff and Brian. Before we get to the interview, I would like to talk to you for a moment about Masterclass over at thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass which offers online classes taught by the world's greatest minds. You can learn how to write best-selling thrillers from uh, James Patterson and Dan Brown, learn the art of storytelling from Neil Gaiman, guitar from Carlos Santana, filmmaking from Martin Scorsese and David Lynch, acting from Natalie Portman, comedy from Steve Martin, magic from Penn & Teller, and it just goes on and on with an amazing lineup of over 60 instructors. You can access uh, one at at a time or get an all-access pass, which is what I got. And by signing up via my affiliate link at thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass, you are supporting this podcast. So I thank you. It's been a a few months since I talked to you guys. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Nice to see you guys again. Great to be here, Alan. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, Great to be back. Yeah, so uh, uh, things have changed a little bit since last time we talked. <laughs> Hope everyone's doing well with the uh, pandemic and everyone's families are doing well. It's a good time to be a full-time writer, that's for sure, right? Yeah. So it's a little harder having everybody here at home, like you and I talked about offline. It's uh, a little less quiet, but uh, also a little less lonely. So our family's doing well, that's for sure. Have you noticed that that's changed? I'm sorry, what was that, Jeff? I just said, oh, we're we're all buckled down at my house too. The kids are off school for the rest of the year, and um, uh, my wife is working from home as well. So it's uh, we we've been doing this now long enough, though. I think we're in a new routine. We've at least gotten our routine down, so that helps. Yeah, yep, same here. My wife's now she's out there in the, on a conference call, and yes, but we just it's been a couple of months now, so we're getting used to it now. <laughs> Yeah, so, we don't have any kids though, so it makes it easier. I can't imagine you guys with ch- with children and having to be the brunt of the education now as well, on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah, well, there's only four kids, so oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and and you and you guys seem to be even busier than the last time we talked. Uh, Want to share a little bit about the stuff that you guys got guys have going on here in the next uh, couple months? Yeah, it's been exciting, man. We've had an exciting few months. Um, we've got uh, some new contracts and, that have already been announced. We've got, uh, as you know, we have the new spinoff series with Blackstone that we announced a few months ago. Uh, and that's part of the Tier 1 universe, but it's its own series. Um, the uh, Weapons of War series, we're calling it. Um, so that's exciting. That first book and that comes out next summer in June. And uh, we just signed. The ink is still drying on a three-book deal with Tyndale House. Um, for a faith-based thriller series called The Shepherds, which we're hard at work on now, um, which is really exciting. Uh, and then, of course, we still have Tier 1. Book 6 comes out in September. We're really excited. We've got that all polished up, just finished that, and can't wait for people to see it. And then we've got this crazy new idea where we launched a series of novellas called the Tier 1 Origin Series uh, with the first book, Scars, coming out May 1st. Maybe I'll let Brian tell you a little bit more about that. That was sort of his brainchild. 
Yeah, no, thanks, Jeff. Um, we we were talking about um, you know every once in a while when we're we're in between uh, you know we're just trying to get a little break and, and have fun. We'll talk about different emails from from fans that we get or or feedback that we get. And one of the consistent themes is uh, that would come in from time to time is you know we'd love to know people ask questions about characters' backstories. You know. What you know? What did jo what did uh, John Dempsey do when he was Jack Kemper? Tell us about some of his missions, or you know, wh what was Jarvis doing before he met Dempsey, or what did Grimes do before she became a uh, member of Ember? So we sort of noodled on that for a while, and we thought, you know, it'd be tough to write a full book about each of these supporting characters, but what we could easily do, uh, sort of in between each tier one book, would be tell a story that's related to any of these, you know, fan favorite characters that somehow um, ties into the next story. So it's fun with the origin series because we we feature each, each origins novella will feature one of the tier one characters. And we're going to start, of course, um, with John Dempsey. And uh, the title of that first novella, Scars, is, uh, it, it is meaningful. So anyone that's a fan of the series has read the opening sequence is the first thing you learn about um, Jack Kemper is he's he's tracing this scar on his forearm, the serpentine scar that wraps around his arm, and we never tell you how he got it, uh, but it's it matters to him. It's some it's he he looks back on this thing as a mistake, and so uh, Jeff and I thought it'd be fun to explore you know how to get that scar and what does it mean and is it is it relevant to who he is as a character now. So that's that's sort of the, the the name genesis of the first novella, and that's the first one. That's yeah, May first. It'll be it'll be live May first, and um, we're really excited for people to see it. It'll be interesting to see what the feedback is, you know, because some people will love it, some people maybe won't be as satisfying. We hope everybody loves it, obviously. But one thing that was fun that we didn't expect, or I didn't expect, I won't speak for Brian, but I think I got to know Dempsey better working on this novella than I did. I mean, we have, we, of course, we know his backstory. We've been writing him now for several years. He's six books in. We love the guy. But having to go back in time and really think not just about what happened, but about how he would have been different then than he is now, you know, before the operation in Yemen, before the Operation Crusader, where he lost all of his teammates and, you know, he suffered the loss of his family and all these other things. What was he like before then? And so we intentionally set the book back in 2006, uh, and he is a brand new squad leader with the Tier One SEAL team, uh, running missions in in Iraq at that time. And so we very very intentionally set it before when is he still married and he's got a little boy at home and you know none of these other things have happened. How would he be different before those traumatic events? created the man that eventually became John Dempsey. So I got to say, I learned a lot about Dempsey writing that novella. It was really, really fun. And I'm looking forward to doing the next one. Yeah, I think that's a lot of fun, because yeah, that's something we always read in your, a book and you're, you're like a character. You always wonder about the backstory. And even on television, uh, that Better Call Saul, you know, goes back to the backstory of the, of the minor of, of secondary characters of uh, Breaking Bad. I think that's a really cool idea. It's everybody's favorite episode, right? Even in the mainstream series, they'll do that one episode where the person that's sort of a secondary character moves to the forefront. And everybody loves those stories. They get to know the people better. And then the next episodes, 
you look at that character a little differently because you you're a little more intimate with them. You know things. You know their secret side. It's fun. And uh, you mentioned uh, before, uh, when we were, we were chatting before I uh, started recording about the um, that you're gonna. I believe you said you're gonna let uh, the fans choose one of these stories, these upcoming stories. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the we don't have the details ready for release yet. But once we announce this novella, we got like between our our emails and our website and our social media, we've just been inundated with everybody has some very strong opinions we found out about who they want the next one to be. And interestingly, it was all over the board. Like if it was 80% of people wanted one of these characters versus the others, we probably would have just moved forward with that and not given it another thought. But when we started seeing all the mail and, and answering some of the letters and the, or the emails rather, and seeing the social media posts, and it was so evenly weighted, Brian and I said, you know what should we do next? Like someone's going to be mad no matter what we do. So really this is more to to just a uh, preemptive self-defense. So we're going to, you can blame your fellow fans for whoever comes next because we're going to have a contest. We'll be announcing it later in the summer uh, and one fan will get to pick who the next novella is about. Yeah. And speaking of contests, if you, if you buy the um, Scars novella now, And you just, and you email our website the um, you know the sort of the proof of purchase. Then you get entered into this drawing. We're giving away five a complete box set, so five signed copies of Tier One uh, Tier One books, and then a bottle breacher, an exclusive Tier One bottle breacher. So that's been fun because lots of people have been sending in. We've gotten hundreds and hundreds of submissions. Uh, folks send in their, you know, proof of purchase, but they always usually include a note too. You know, so a yeah. lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait to, uh, to read this, dig in. And, and the other thing we did that's sort of fun is we included the first chapter for Collateral. So Collateral's book six comes out in September and we put that in there as a little teaser. We're still editing, uh, putting the final touches on the rest of the book, but that first chapter is all polished up and ready to go. So you get to read the first chapter of Collateral and see where that story is going to kick off so that'll be fun and what's the difference between uh, what's like the the length of uh, between the novella and a novel i know it varies so much what about what is it for you guys well i you know it's you and you and i have talked about this before you should never pigeonhole yourself into a to a word count right i mean it already takes how long it takes but i think that uh, most people would accept that if you're you got to be somewhere over twenty five thousand words to be more than a short story And you definitely have to be probably under, I don't know, 60, 50 or 60,000 words to be a novella. So we tried to hit that sweet spot. The story took it, took whatever time it took, but it wound up, what is it, around 65 pages, Brian? Yeah. I think 65 or 70 pages for the novella. And then, of course, we tacked on this little bonus of, uh, of a chapter of collateral um, as well. So, yeah, for us, it's, it hit that sweet spot and it's very comfortable there. You and I talked before, Alan, about the difficulties of writing short fiction, uh, the challenges that, you know, a lot of people think it's easier, but in fact, it's way harder to try to give an arc, to have a character go from A to B as a character, as well as the story in a finite number of pages is a real challenge. And I think that, you know, that's about the right amount of time to tell an event story for these characters somewhere in the 60, 70 page range, I think was the sweet spot. And what was the, was your co-authoring uh, process uh, the same, like the same, I mean, you guys have been working together for a while, so I'm assuming that the, you're not going to change the, what's working. 
Yeah, it's too late. It's- <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck. <laughs> if we we're going to make changes, we had to do it before we signed all these contracts. We can't, we can't rock the boat now with three or four books a year to write. That's for sure. So yeah, it's pretty much the same as what we talked about before. We write together. We pass things back and forth. We rewrite together. Uh, it's it's become almost a muscle memory for us now. I think sixth book is coming out in the fall, right? The collateral September first. Yeah. So that's exciting as as well. And uh, can, can you tell us anything about those uh, those new book deals you have? Uh, what you can share, what you can't. <laughs> well, I think we can. St- I mean, the, the the easy one to start with. And I'll let Jeff talk about the Tyndale deal, but the the Blackstone deals going to be pretty fun, I think, for a lot of our readers because uh, we're taking another fan favorite character, Chunk. So Lieutenant Keith Redmond, Redmond he, or Lieutenant Commander, rather, uh, Keith Redmond, he is a, a Tier 1 Navy SEAL, or he's been selected for the new Tier 1 Navy SEAL. So in the Tier 1 universe, as a no, I mean, I think we're at the point now where <laughs> there's, there's no spoilers. Tier 1's been out for long enough. But as we know, the, the tier one was was decimated in, in the first book. And now that we're five or six books in, you know, Kelso Jarvis is the DNI and he's thinking about, okay, it's time to stand the tier one back up again. And when Jeff and I had that conversation about, you know, what how would this happen? You know, you're not just gonna leave it down forever. And we realized, yeah, no, it, it would happen. It would get stood back up. And um, it would get repopulated and, and they would go to someone like Dempsey and they would ask for recommendations and they would, you know, he would he would throw in some names in the hat and, and Chunk would be one of those. So Chunk's one of these fan favorite characters. He's he showed up in War Shadows. He was in Crusader One. He made another appearance in um, Red Spectre. And, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say he, he may be back in uh, Collateral, too. <laughs> so uh, he, he is so popular. We get more mail about him than anybody else. So we felt like this is a real opportunity to um, do something more than just a novella, because this is a guy that's sort of John Dem- like what John Dempsey was 10 years ago, and uh, he's ready to lead his own missions and have his own team. The fun thing about, uh, for me at least, about um, building that series is rounding out an entire team around Chunk. And it, it actually was pretty easy to do because in Red Spectre, we had the opportunity to um, introduce some of his teammates. You know, at the time he's with a East Coast based SEAL team. He's not with the tier one. He's hoping to get selected if they, when they stand it up. But we had an opportunity in Red Spectre to introduce these characters who were really, really fun. Um, it was very reminiscent of sort of those SEALs that we introduced at the very beginning of tier one. Uh, and then, of course, all those guys were lost in the Yemen attack. So it was uh, it was a pretty easy process. By the time we uh, had this deal and we knew we were going to be able to write the series, we had a whole cast of characters already set up to do it. But the challenge was uh, for us as the writers and for Chunk as, a, as the team leader is, you know, right now the tier one units, they people come and go. Guys leave, new guys come in and you've got this cadre of people in a neat training pipeline. So the, the fun thing that we were able to write into the first book in this series was, what if they had to start it from scratch? Yeah, you'd find some guys, some older guys that had been there in the past that could help you, but there's no existing unit. And to train from you know zero to your first mission, 
would be like recreating the entire thing. And that would be a real big challenge for these guys. And so that was really fun to be able to work some of that stuff in, how that training evolution would work, what it would have to be like. And of course, it's not a thriller if they don't have to go off on a short fuse mission long before they're ready, right? So um, it was really exciting to, to build a whole new cast of characters, I think. Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, just uh, for, if, if uh, listeners haven't uh, listened to the uh, the previous uh, interview I did with you guys, uh, you guys are, are the real deal with your backgrounds. Can, can you share a little bit about that, your background, uh, your military background, your background before you started writing uh, these thrillers? Sure. So um, I have a... I have a very eclectic background. My mom says I can't keep a job. So I've done a, a whole variety of things, much of it in the Navy. Um, I spent some time in aviation. Um, initially, in the training pipeline, I was in an accident. And I went and flew civilian, uh, flew, flew jets for a coal company and some other things for a while. Then I worked in another branch of the federal government for a few years and eventually decided that I wanted to have a peaceful life. So I, uh, decided to leave all the violence behind. And I went to medical school to uh, become an academic. I wanted to be one of those teaching professor research doctors. Uh, and that was on track to do that was a vascular, uh, been selected for a vascular fellowship at the end of surgery residency. When those crazy guys flew uh, planes into the towers and killed all those people in the Pentagon and lost the plane in the field in Pennsylvania. And like most Americans, it just really pissed me off. So I was a naval reservist at the time, and I uh, went to the detailer and I said I wanted to go on regular active duty and was able to fight my way through that red tape. And uh, then I was in the Navy. My very first uh, assignment was at Naval Medical Center Portsmouth. Shortly after arriving, I deployed to Iraq with the Marines as part of a FRIS team, uh, which is those forward surgical units that go with the Marines to the edge of the battlefield. And while I was there, I ran into some people from a, I guess, from a past life. And they introduced me to some of these crazy SEAL types, and uh, I got recruited to um, to join an East Coast-based SEAL team and uh, become a combat surgeon with them and develop some new battlefield surgical techniques. So that's sort of my military background. I spent the vast majority of my time after 9-11 uh, with Naval Special Warfare working for those guys. I'm also a Navy veteran, um, but I was, well, just uh, playing around on land, I was hundreds of feet below the water. So uh, <laughs> I was a submarine officer on a fast attack nuclear submarine uh, in the Pacific and uh, tooling around doing all the stuff uh, that submarines do. So we, uh, as a fast attack, we were a multi-mission platform. So we did all kinds of things. We did blue water operations, battle group escort. We did coastal littoral surveillance. We did uh, uh, fired tomahawks, uh, you know, submarines fired tomahawks to support uh, special warfare and to lead salvos, uh, lead salvos and, uh, you know, offensives and things like that. So we're always out there. You just can't see us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why your books have so much, uh, feel like so much realism because you guys actually, uh, you know, you know the people, you've been there, you've been there yourself. So it makes it, uh, uh, makes it a lot of fun. Do you still, even, how much research do you put into uh, each story when you, before you even start to get writing? Do you still do a lot of uh, uh, research before you, you get down to it? We definitely spend a lot of time researching the geopolitics, that's for sure, you know, because you got to stay tuned in. Some of that research happens every minute of every day. We try to stay informed, stay tuned in you know, read between the lines of what you see on the news. And we're constantly in conversation just socially about what if, what if, do you think really? And so those become the germs of ideas for books. 
Um, for us, I will tell you the part that requires less research is, you know, those of us, those that read our books know we write very character driven stories. So we put a lot of current events and geopolitics into our books, which I hope makes them exciting, but it's the characters that drive the stories. And we've been blessed to work in environments where we have, you know, worked and fought side by side with the guys that we write about. And so that part comes very naturally, but also I think uh, we feel a tremendous responsibility on that side of the house. We want these characters to not be those sort of comic book characters you sometimes see in thrillers when people write about SEALs or special operators. Um, we want them to be very real people with strengths and weaknesses uh, who are, you know, consider themselves to be ordinary people, even though they do extraordinary things. And so we take that responsibility very seriously. But having been blessed with spending time with those men, uh, it makes it very easy to write because many of these characters are amalgams of people we've known. On um, one interesting thing, though, to, to sort of dovetail into that is in Collateral, we did do something that we haven't we haven't done before, which is uh, we did a sort of extended subplot that takes place on an Arleigh Burke class uh, guided missile destroyer. So it's a DDG. Uh, we picked the USS Donald Cook as a tribute to the. Uh, tip of the spear sort of operations that the Donald Cook is doing right now. They've been uh, up there in the Baltic. They've been in the Black Sea several times. They've had numerous run-ins with our Russian friends, uh, the Russian Navy, the Russian Air Force. Um, so we thought it would be really fun to sort of pay tribute to um, those guys in the surface Navy. So, yeah, we have uh, five or six chapters, I think, Jeff, right, that take place, a new character, um, Captain uh, Dustin Townsend. Dusty is a new guy, and maybe he'll come back again, but he's the CEO of the uh, fictional Donald Cook in this story. So you get you get a really fun uh, new experience for Tier 1 fans. You get, uh, what is it like being on a surface, surface combatant in a very, very stressful, dangerous situation? How do they handle uh, uh, being in the hornet's nest? So they're in the Black Sea. They've got to deal with... Uh, Russian uh, uh, surface ships, the kilo-class submarines, and then all, all the planes that are making their life miserable. So that was sort of fun, and um, got to, Jeff and I got to spend some time talking to um, a captain. Uh, he's, he's in the Pentagon, and he will remain nameless uh, right now, but a gentleman who's uh, been a CEO of an Arleigh Burke, and he was extremely helpful. Um, you know, driving a submarine and driving a, an Arleigh Burke are a little different. Um, but uh, a lot, a lot of it. There's a lot of overlap too. So he just helped us fine tune, get get in the, uh, get it all right for for how it goes on Arleigh Burke. And I think that people will find this kind of fun. Yeah, I tell you, I I do hope that uh, he gives us permission to thank him publicly because he's he was amazing. The the help he did. The, those chapters will resonate with the realism of the chapters we usually write. And it's not because of us. It's because of how gracious he was. And he spent literally hours and hours and hours with us working on these on these chapters. And I'll tell you what, he's got a writer's insight like he is. I don't know if he's going to be a writer, but he should be. So if he's listening, call us. you got to write your own book, man. He's, he is a natural for the storytelling. He wasn't just giving us the details and the technology. He really is a storyteller. So hopefully we get to thank him in public eventually. Yeah, there's one anecdotal little, there's a little scene in there that's something he was telling us about on the phone. And uh, and uh, I said, you know, that would be sort of fun. <laughs> if, if you're okay, we'll, we'll put it in there. 
And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that would be funny. He's like, then I can show all my buddies. Uh, remember this, you know? <laughs> so it's in there. It made it in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, hopefully he does uh, uh, start writing his own uh, uh, books. I mean, it sounds like he's uh, got some amazing stories to tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, like you were saying about your characters, too, I I noticed, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago on the real, um, was it the real book spy named John Dempsey, one of the top one of the their ten, the, was it the top ten most lethal characters in thriller genre right now? And John Dempsey was right in there. How did that make you guys feel? And how cool was that? <laughs> yeah, that's it's totally cool. I mean, I think it's it's not us. It's Dempsey. He earned it. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, he earned it with his own psychopathology. But uh, what was fun for us about it? It, it is cool and uh, an honor to be there. I know that that's a fan driven list, and so. We were pretty excited to to see Dempsey on the list. But what was most exciting for us was to see the company he was in with some of our other favorite. You know, these guys are our friends, and uh, a lot of the, the writers there have got amazing characters. And so to know that Dempsey is viewed that way was very flattering indeed. So, uh, so I know you guys have the, a full your full schedule. Uh, what are you guys working on uh, now? What's uh, coming up next for you guys? Yeah. So in addition to the um, Putting the final the final touches. We actually just finished all of our developmental edits and stuff for Collateral, and we think we got it ready to go. So um, the people that are pre-ordering it hopefully won't be disappointed. <laughs> but uh, in addition, now we're focusing our attention on the first book in the Shepherd series. The, you know the the Blackstone series, um, Weapons of War is uh, that first book is um, done when rough draft, and we're waiting to, for developmental edits with our very talented editor Caitlin Alexander. And uh, we're in the throes of writing the first book in the Shepherd series, which is something very new and different for us. So not just because we're with a faith-based house, you know, Tyndale House is uh, one of the largest Christian publishers in the world. Um, and they do amazing stuff. They, they publish uh, Joel Rosenstein. Of course, everyone knows his, his work. He's incredible. And so we're just really excited to have been picked up there and, and to work with uh, amazing people. But the books are different. They're not straight up door kicking seal stuff, which we love, of course. Um, but we're able to we're able to stretch our arms and backs a little bit and uh, be a little more speculative. So what we've done in this series is we've created a new universe with some very action oriented people, former Navy SEALs and special operators who are fighting the bad guys. But now the big guy, the bad guys have a broader reach, and we're really uh, excited to look into these concepts of what is good and evil and spiritual warfare. So we've got some very speculative, biblically-based supernatural elements in the book, which is new for us. Um, so it's really, really exciting. And it's, you know, you write the same stuff. We love writing Dempsey. We love writing this other stuff. But you always have that little creative voice in your mind saying, you know, but what about this and what about this? <laughs> so having, a, having a little outlet to be a little more speculative is something we're just over-the-top excited about. And uh, we can report that uh, this first book is nearly done in rough draft form, and I am so excited about it. It ties in our military backgrounds with some of the speculative supernatural fiction that we've both written in the past. You know, Brian's written an amazing uh, speculative book called Reset, which I am a huge fan of. I've done a few uh, supernatural thrillers in the past. So being able to pull all that together, just so exciting. We're really, really excited for the new series. So. That first book comes out a year from September 2021, uh, and we'll be telling and sharing a lot more about it in the coming months, but very excited. 
Okay, well, thanks uh, so much uh, for uh, for coming on the podcast again. It was uh, and, and catching up catching up with what you guys have been doing with your incredible <laughs> your incredible busy schedule. It's just uh, I'm in awe. But thank you for uh, for coming on the podcast and uh, looking forward to the uh, all these books that are coming out here in the in the next uh, months. Well, thanks, Alan. We always enjoy talking to you, man. Anything we can do for you, let us know. But it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks, Alan. We had a great time. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.